The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you comfortable discussing money and your personal wealth? If not, where would you start? Is it money and your family, money and charitable contributions, or business and personal wealth? This is Conversations with Money, featuring your hosts, Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our show is about real people talking about money. You will develop a better understanding about your conversations with money and also hopefully develop some new habits to make conversations about money easier. Now, here is Franco and Marissa. Welcome. You're listening to Conversations with Money. I'm your host, Franco Caligiuri. And I'm your host, Marissa Sepulinski. Our show is about tearing apart our beliefs and to have a conversation on those beliefs and what we what we have as roadblocks that come up when we're looking to build our wealth. Yeah. Is that right, Marissa? That is correct. <laughs> our limiting beliefs around money because God knows we have them. We definitely do. Uh, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Did you miss me away for a week? <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. We- <laughs> We definitely did. Uh, Allie was trying to do a little coup. She was trying to fill your spot yeah, there. She's like, that's a tough I, I really like this seat. Oh. Second time around, she's tasting the power. It's a tough role to fill. It is. <laughs> You're supposed to agree with me on that. It, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Well, welcome back. Love, love to, you. to have you Thank back you. on I'm the show. I'm excited to have the conversation today. It's uh, the concept of, is your income rigged? Uh, I know well, I is your this- is your income rigged? Is my income rigged? Well, Marissa, you know, we, we rehearsed this and you kind of just screwed it up. <laughs> is my now, income- now I have to go back. Now to- you got to go back. Is my income rigged? <laughs> uh, is, is it? it that's is a it great rigged? question, Franco. Uh, I don't. I, I wouldn't call my income rigged. No, no. That, I think that's why I react to that whole statement of our income is rigged and the system is rigged, and I don't think it is. Okay, well, here, yeah, let me ask you this. Why did you bring this up? Well, because last week when you, you actually two weeks ago, mm-hmm. I sent you the picture the con- of the boat. Well, we had the conversation and you asked, you wanted to talk about mm-hmm. quite passionately mm-hmm. about the CEO mm-hmm. in the US that had increased everybody's salary to $70,000. Yeah, there was, and there tell was me about this boat. right before that though, I sent you a picture. I don't know if you remember, I sent it to you on your sal over the weekend. And it was a picture of a big yacht and, and it had a quote on it that said, Talk about, I took the picture with me, by the way. Talk about wealth inequality. Between 2013 and 2015, the 14 wealthiest people in this country saw their net worth increase by $157 billion. In two years, they added more wealth to their fortunes than is owned by the bottom 42% of Americans. So more than 130 people. This is a rigged system. So, Where'd you get this? I think somebody posted on like Facebook and I, I saw okay. it and I, I got, I got a little heated up. I didn't re- say anything about it. I just sent it to you. Okay, well, and why'd then, you get bothered by, by it? Uh, I got bothered. What bo- about it? Now, well, do you agree with the statement? Actually, first of all, do you no, agree with the No, of course. I don't agree that this is a rigged system simply because the wealthy, 
uh, I mean, that's a whole dig on the capitalistic system, uh, which in essence, you know, the wealthier people that are getting wealthy, it's because they've accumulated so many assets that they have a lot of more potential for growth. So you see it all the time. When you look at someone's portfolio, if they get the exact same rate of return and somebody has $10 million and someone has $10,000, obviously the growth is significantly higher on the $10 million. We all stand the same chance. Uh, we all have the same opportunity. We all have, in, I'm talking about specifically North America. I recognize that there are countries that have less uh, opportunity, et cetera. That's not what I'm, I'm talking about. I'm talking specifically here in Canada and North America. I think we all have access to, it, we're very privileged. And I think to blame our lack of financial success on a rigged system, yeah, it gets me a little heated up, which is why I sent that to you, wanting to have the discussion. And then like three days later, there was that article posted that I also sent to you that, that fueled it a little bit more, which was about the CEO in the Seattle. You know what I'm talking about? It was I do. This Seattle-based credit card company, and the CEO raised everyone's base salary to $70,000. Everybody. Everybody. So people who were making thirty five just jumped up, doubled. How about, about people who were making 150000 uh, I think they stayed there, although the, everybody who's okay, profit sharing, sharing right. got less. So what he did is he took his income and he decreased in his income substantially. He took 80 to 85% of the profits and redistributed it amongst all of the people who are making lower than 70, which was the majority of the company. What's wrong with that? It sounds good. Um, you're Maybe I'll go right by there. <laughs> no, what's wrong with it? I think it, well, what happens for, there's, why is that an issue? Okay. There's a few, because no, you haven't stopped talking about this. Well, no, it's not that I haven't stopped talking about it. It's, it no, you really okay. Stopped it, you're about right. It, it, it goes in with the rigged system, uh, issue that I have, which is the lack of, uh, ownership and responsibility on where we're at, but it, it creates multiple problems. And I think this person with good intention, don't get me wrong. I feel like he's going to come after me now because I've totally slaughtered this whole concept. Right but he, uh, yeah, we're not going to give our 1-800 number today. How convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he had good intention, which was kind of a bit of a socialist. You know, I've read some of his quotes about giving everyone a fair opportunity and chance and beautiful intent. But in the process of doing that, Somebody who just was making 35000 just got a bump to 70000 And good for them. What it, do you think is going to happen to that doubled income? What do you think is going to happen to that extra okay. 35000 Well, how about that person sitting right here at this table yeah. around us, and yeah. you're looking them right in the eyeballs, yeah. and they let's say they have a child or a family support. Yeah. I think that's pretty good for them. 100%. But do they understand? What do you think? Okay. Hmm. Yeah, you got me here because I want to give the money to the person with the child who needs the money. But when you just doubled your salary, there's likely a lack of understanding as to the value of the additional 35. There's a lack of planning. There's a lack of education. There's a lack of connection. It's You know how I talk about all the lottery winners that lose the funds within the first two years of winning the lottery because of the failed uh, connection to the money and they don't earn it in the same way that they would if they worked for every dollar? I feel like you're creating a similar problem. And there's probably a lot of people who are just given a lot more money who don't have a clear connection and understanding as to what they did to get it. And so it's possible that they won't give it to the kid. Well, if they have money now to be able to buy more food, better quality food, or even maybe some some better programs or sports activities that they Mm -hmm. couldn't afford before, Mm -hmm. isn't that helping the family? Yeah. Well, let me ask you too. Don't you think this is good PR? 
because we're talking oh, it's about it's a PR it. move for sure. We are talking it's about it. Imagine how many more people are talking about it. For the amount sure. of money that they've saved for from sure. advertising, for sure. now they allow the employees oh, yeah. to make more money. This guy's face was on, I mean, I, I saw it on probably 50 we didn't, people. I didn't even know who this person was yeah, before. Yeah, me neither. Never even knew about the Seattle-based credit card company until this, and now we all know about it, and he's a hero. I think what was interesting, too, was to see people's reactions. When I watched people who posted and it I and think reposted that's why it. we're talking about it. So tell, tell me about some of those reactions. No, just people saying things like, and I mean, this is in, you know, Canada, people posting, people who have an opportunity being like, finally, we all have a chance. What does that even mean? Finally, we have a chance. Finally, we all have a chance at a minimum wage, the minimum wage being 70000 in this company. Finally, we all have a chance to make money. Do you know the consequences of that? What do you mean? What do you think? When you raise the income for everybody mm-hmm. and now everyone else has to compete with that. Mm-hmm. What do you think happens to everything else, such as cost of goods? Remember in that one show that we were talking about credit cards? Mm-hmm. Those points have to be paid by somebody. Those points are paid not by us, the consumer, but it's paid by the merchant. Right. And what do they think? Do you think they eat it? No, they raise the prices to match right. that cost. But so nobody sees raise, that in that beautiful PR move. Uh, well, no, and all of a sudden we're complaining about why is this costing more? Why is this this much and right but so you raise everybody's income which i'm all for We're, you and i are for that 100 percent, right but what's the consequences around that i like the point that you talked about the lottery all of a sudden now that you have a lottery winner and mm. statistically like i think it's like over 95 percent end up actually being dead broke even worse than the, before, before they, won. they won the lottery yeah our show is about we talk a lot about responsibility. Taking responsibility and, and ownership on where you're at. I mean, the other thing is, is what happens to the people who were making more? Let's just say, hypothetically, all those people that were making 70, that worked to go from 35 to 70, if I was the 70,000 income earner, I would have a very hard time feeling good sitting beside now the 35 per income earner that's now making the same amount as me when I know I'm working a lot harder and my skill set is much harder. I paid a lot for the experience. I paid a lot for my education. And now the guy beside me who might be doing administrative work at a, a much lower level is making the same amount as me. And I wouldn't really, I wouldn't be very motivated. I wouldn't be very, I mean, I, I, wouldn't be, I think it would affect my motivation. It would affect my creativeness. It would affect my innovate, like my, you know, the creative part of my brain. There's just the part that would want to work outside of the box. Um, yeah. Anyways, it, it, that's why I was also interested. I'd love for you to share a little bit about your son's track meet. I'm, I'm going full circle here back to what we were just talking about before the show started. But Well, when we, you brought this up, yeah, I was eh, not really thinking too, depth, too in depth about it. Mm-hmm. And then last week, uh, one, I think it was last Wednesday, my oldest son had a track meet and he's been training for the last three weeks, you know, going to practice um twice a week Mm -hmm. my wife having to (laughs) take him there and and i want to be at the track me i love sports to me sports is uh an important part of of life and and uh there's so much you can learn from it so i was at the track meet he's in grade two so they can only run how old are you in grade two eight eight yeah seven eight seven eight uh and they can only run 60 meters and 100 meters Oh my god, that's so huge! And so the first one, first meet, so they have them all lined up. Can I and come they go, to one of go, the meets go. one day. Oh, you, you should come. It's I would great. love well, that. You have to wait till next year. Oh, okay. Because it's done now. But he ran sixty meters, and out of six, he came fifth. Okay. And this is his first time ever. He didn't know what to expect. And he's like, you know, he calls me Bobby. You know, Bobby. You know, how, how come I didn't do so good? I really want to win. Aww. And 
I said to him, so I, I showed him a few things. I said, okay, if you do this, make a few adjustments, because I know you're, you, you can run faster. And so the 100 meters came around, and he actually did what I recommended. He came in second. He actually, he thinks he came in first. <laughs> and towards the end, the last 10 meters, and at the finish line, he, he did a fist pump in, up in there. And I, <laughs> felt, I felt so proud. Like I was so like, cute. oh, my goodness. Like that, 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 just that shot right there, and I filmed the whole thing. But afterwards, he said, you know, I, I did what you said. Yeah. And, and when I thought about it afterwards, I thought about this, and you and I talked about this. In school now, it's about everyone's equal. Mm-hmm. There is no first place, second place. Now, that's, actually, that's why I was surprised that they're handing out these ribbons, you know, that said first to, to six. Because nowadays, it's about everyone's equal, everyone, everyone equal opportunity. They don't keep score. That's what drives me nuts right now about soccer or even baseball. There's no they, score There's keeping. no scoring? No, no scorekeeping. You're scoring, but no scorekeeping. But the kids, they know. I got to tell you. Now, imagine my son saying, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what place you come in. That's crazy. Do you think he would have tried harder the second time? Huh. He, all of us have this, 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 this desire, this, this want to be better. Yeah. And I think the, 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 the outcome of it and how we approach it, what we say, what we teach is that it's not the winning that's important. It's the process right. to go through. He's uh, gotten more confident. It was amazing to see that. And that I didn't want to – I know we're going to go on the break here. You got me all fired up about I know. This. I'm imagining what it would be like to – I have a race next Saturday. If I thought that there was no ranking would or you no – train so hard? You train in Do you know how much I've been waking up in the morning in the runs that I've been doing? Do you know how much I can't walk today because of what I did on the weekend? <laughs> There's no way I would have – Sunday I was exhausted when I got up to do what I, what I was doing for my training program. I would have stayed in bed. I would have tried a lot. My, my energy that I would have put towards it would have been a lot less if there was no scoring or ranking or like com- competition. It's competition. It's what gets us driven. Anyways, okay, I know we need to go on to a break, but I've got a gazillion things well, I want to talk about. Hold on, we got another 30 seconds. So. I can talk about a lot in the 30 seconds. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I – I, on the other side, we're definitely going to get into this a little yeah. bit more. I definitely want to continue on with this discussion uh, just on this point uh, in particular because that drive, that that want, that need, and when it comes to building wealth, you know, we, we've heard the sayings that um, money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. The rigged and system, the all rigged of this system. stuff. And, and I want to talk about how to, how, to, how to approach it differently so that we actually can move forward with our financial goals and take responsibility. So, Okay, let's stop it right there. Let's stop it right let's here. See break. you on the other side. See you on the other side. <laughs> Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? 
Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. You are listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome back. I'm your host, Frank Gelder. And I'm your host, Marissa Zeppelinski. Okay, let's get straight back into it. Uh, yeah, I know. Maximize our minutes. That was too long of a break, and <laughs> I still feel the fire and the passion. Uh, Talking about go, races go. with no ranking. No ranking. And, and let's, let's tie back is into Is it wrong to call it a salary. socialist system? In the, in the, it feels oh, like I got no problem saying that because in, in good intentions, yeah. good intentions, it's it's when you're saying everyone's equal. Now I think there's certain parts like equality, meaning mm-hmm. that we all have the right to to, to food, to to shelter, mm-hmm. to to living a certain way as a human being. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to innovation, I think that drive in a very positive way, because mm-hmm. drive could also be very negative if it's fed in a positive way. I think that drive creates innovation and helps humanity. But I think even in in investments or wealth building, imagine an individual that has money now to be able to donate, driving that right message, the right energy towards being able to do right with that money. Yeah. I would rather have somebody to have that drive to build up assets to be able to help human beings. Right. And to be able to help this planet in a way that's positive. Now, if this individual, depending on what they would love to get them on the show. If you're listening, whoever this, what's the name the of this CEO, person? we're the talking CEO. about the CEO, yeah, Mr. Price. We'll, we'll get him on the show. His name, know. how conveniently, Mr. Price. Mr. Price. <laughs> name that Price. Uh, but just talking about it, but uh, obviously he would definitely have his own take and, and, and we're just commenting. But to build wealth in a way that is positive, because it raises everyone else up around you. You know, to talk about those individuals that are, I mean, yeah, it's only really, what, just under 200 people mm-hmm. that accumulate. Now, there's some people in there that definitely could be doing more with it. Mm-hmm. That's their prerogative. But I think it does raise everyone else. Yeah, it's interesting, though, like to go back to this to this individual, this CEO that with the belief of just raising everybody up without, you know, uh, evaluation as to in each individual's role, et cetera, and creating somewhat of an equality within it. Uh, it it's interesting because I think about, you know, he talks. I, I read a few different interviews and watched some some pieces on him, and he talks a lot about 
Uh, and I don't want to overstress him. This isn't necessarily just about him. This is about it's the uh, idea. It's so so much talk around the rigged system and right. the CEOs that make all the money. This is the comments that you're right. Reading. So that's that's what I want to why I'm really going at this because I hear it so much. But because everyone has right. the ability and, to be able to and make. Yeah, I think we all have opportunity. I to within, like I said, within. I'm talking specifically North America and you know where we live in in Vancouver, especially. Uh, all the people that are saying, finally, we have a chance. I'm I'm shaking so my head thinking. Mean? Finally, we have well, a chance. So, so wait, been, I'm gonna. I'm going to just finish repressed? my thought, though. I know. Finally? What I was going to say, though, is Jeez. he was talking in this article about, you know, it's it's astronomical what I was getting paid as a CEO, and CEOs get paid so much. We need to share the wealth, et cetera, et cetera, amongst our, you know, so he cut the but profits for out. the higher out and handed it out. And it was interesting because I was thinking about, when we've referenced this for many years, Warren Buffett's quote from a, long, a while back where he said he gave his children, what was the quote? Enough, you know, just enough. Just survive, enough that they but, feel that they can do anything. But not enough. But not, you know. That they can feel that, that they can do. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, he doesn't, you know what? He you gives keep them, talking. I'm going to find He it. gives them just enough is essentially it. That's and right, he doesn't ever enough. make them feel like they've got the silver platter. And so I think that's an interesting, and I think Warren Buffett is a brilliant man. And so when I think about that way of doing it versus the giving without a without a clear understanding of how your income just doubled or just giving just because you want to create more uh, you know equality it, to me it does not feel it just doesn't feel right okay you've got the quote thank you parents should leave children enough money so that they would feel that they could do anything but not so much that they could do nothing I love that brilliant. I love it brilliant right Thank you. I, so isn't that the same with all of us? Yeah. Well, and that's why I want to talk about this is I think a lot of us walk around with this kind of entitled feeling. And so we see things like this. And then the, the language that comes out in the reaction to me sounds very entitled, very. And don't get me wrong. I've been there. I've made entitled comments and I still catch myself so every once in a while. We all do. But the only way, and what we're here to talk about is how to achieve your financial goals and how to build wealth. The only way to do that is to get out of that mindset. You will not get there in that mindset of thinking someone else will hand it to you or um, you're not responsible for it or you can't take ownership for where you're at. It's you're limiting yourself. And I think until we see that and until until we step through that, we're just hamster wheeling. You know, we're just in the chase. We're just in the rat race, and we're just whatever it might be. But it's we're not moving forward. So, Marissa, uh huh. Have you ever gone into a graveyard? Uh yes, I have. Sad. Like not late at night, but just, just walking <laughs> yeah. through. Creepy graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> that was a creepy voice. What was that? It's no. Another side yeah. Of <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, why? You? Yeah. Why? Okay. Well, what what do you notice on the tombstones? Uh, the dates of right. birth and death and the, the name. So, so I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, I like to go through, especially old ones. And mm-hmm. You go to small little towns. Like I, I remember going to Salt Spring Island. Yeah. And there's this old, old church that yeah. we were there one time and we actually attended 9 a.m. mass because <laughs> it, it was like literally held only 20 people. Yeah. It was so tiny. And then I didn't realize, you know, when, when you don't see something, all of a sudden you see it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my goodness, I couldn't. I, that's there. It was a little graveyard right beside, and I didn't know until until afterward. And my eyes just opened up, and I saw. It. I was like, oh my goodness. But you go through it, and you go, you know, 1897 to yeah. whatever, you know, nineteen. It's so funny that you find that 70. fascinating. I find that cre- I, I get creeped. Well, it's just time. I like to see yeah. just you know uh, how long people lived or when mm-hmm. they were born and and the names, but. 
what are we really curious about? It's that dash, right? It's not, it, 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 yeah, okay, when they're born and when they died and, you know, you kind of see the age of their, the, the, how long they lived and, and the age that they, they, when they passed away. But it's that dash. Hmm. It's that dash and what they did with that dash. Mm-hmm. And the, the legacy or whatever their life meant, what they did with it. And so I challenge those people. I challenge their way of thinking of now we have a chance. It's like saying I was born this time and up until I pass away, I'm going to let, I'm going to suffer and I'm not going to try. I'm not going to do anything about my own life, my Mm -hmm. own response, take my own responsibility Mm -hmm. and make that dash mean something. What would you rather, you know, what do you want that to mean? That's why I think it bothers you and me Mm -hmm. is because we want that dash to mean something. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I think that's why I react so much to it. I think there's like an abnegation of responsibility of creating that dash on your own, creating that existence on your own. And so we, it's almost like I'm just going to make it, I'm going to blame somebody else when I'm not where I'm at. Um, I'll take responsibility only when there's successes, but in the meantime, I'm going to blame somebody right. else. And it feels very victim-y. And like we all know, um, there's a Harvecker quote. I love it. That was, uh, rich people believe I create my life and poor people believe life happens to me. Mm. And it's so perfect. It's so, you know, and I think that it, the rich people believe I create my life. It's not that you become rich and then you say I create my life. It's, I think that that mindset is the way we carry it around. It's I create my life. Every single thing that's going on in my life right now is, is a, a product of, of me. You know, even the crappy failures and all that, right. they're all, I'm 100% mm-hmm. responsible. Mm-hmm. And, and I think until we really come to terms with that and until we really um, accept that and acknowledge that and take that responsibility, we won't be able to progress. And I think it's interesting that you talked about the innovation because I think you said something when I brought this to you. Uh, last week, and we were talking about uh, the the innovative minds and creative minds, and you mentioned something about stifling the human spirit and stifling. Right. I love that. It stuck with me. Yeah. Because I thought about that afterwards, and I thought about how when we do that, when we box everybody into somewhat of a, for lack of a better word, socialistic system. Right what that does to the people who have that type A drive, that drive, that persistence, that innovative mind, that creativeness, I think that it does become stifled. It, it, it does. You, you, when you take away that drive to be able to create, and, I, and, and I'm talking about the positive create, not ones where it actually devalues humanity. It takes away. And I think that's what, that's what that mentality does when you provide or give instead of teaching. I can't believe we're going to break again. <laughs> we still three minutes. I have a lot I could talk about. <laughs> we do, but that goes by quickly. I can't believe the segment went by quickly. Yeah. But it's, it's that, that drive to be able to create and to be able to, to, to create things that, that I think that are beautiful. If, if we take a look at, actually I was having a conversation with someone else about paintings and, and art in itself and, are we creating the same Michelangelo's? Mm-hmm. Um, are we creating th- those individuals, those artists that 
that created such incredible like movements. Oh, it, it's it, not even an artist. It's a <laughs> it's an era. It's I mean, I remember yeah. taking art history in school and in, in high school and, and studying them and yeah. just looking at how we, what they created. We don't have that now. I, I think we do, but it's not as well known. I mean, right. there's still individuals that that do rise to the to the top, but in terms of the, like the Beethovens or the Mozarts, hmm. the the are we because if you look at the training when those individuals were recognized as being this talent mm-hmm. everything went into that and there's there, there there was also this intensity that went around this this individual that's considered to be a genius in this particular area right and they were given i mean actually i wouldn't say that they were given the opportunity they also had to fight for it too uh, I think that we have greater resources now, but it's interesting how those resources have become diluted, in my opinion, of giving these these individuals those tools and saying, this is what you can become. This is the, the, the creativity that you can give out of it. Right. But no, we're all equal. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking to a baseball coach, my oldest self playing baseball, so I'm diluting his talent here. He actually, we were talking about this, that we want the kids to be aggressive, but what do we tell them? What do we tell them? Play fair, share, share. Don't no, don't bite. Yeah, don't fight. No, but then when they're on the field, we're telling them be aggressive, tackle that person. Yeah, take that, take that ball. You can imagine in their head conflicting. <laughs> you told me one thing, but then I have to do this on another. There's such young little impressionable minds, mm-hmm. and as adults too. I'm going to raise your salary to seventy thousand now. But I still want you to be creative. I still want you to drive, you know, push it through. Create. I'm secure. I'm good. Now, I'm not saying everyone's going to be like that. I actually, I think I would. Thrive? No, I think I would die. Oh, die in a socialistic system. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, for me, it doesn't, it doesn't become about the money anymore. Yeah, I feel like that would be the kind – it's funny. I talked to somebody about that recently where I was like, I feel like that would be the kind of thing that, say, I would have a baby and I would go on maternity. You you're, you're, no, no. I'm oh, knocking oh, oh. on wood. <laughs> I don't even know. Really that loud. can't be happening. I know. Um, Congratulations, Chris. <laughs> so where are we going? Oh, that would be the kind of system where I would go on maternity and probably not go back to work. I was talking about something with this uh, about this recently. Who's pregnant? And we were talking about the idea of if you didn't have that ownership, you know that drive, and you didn't have that structure of earn and and push and and creativity and innovativeness, and you were within that system of some of somewhat salary mode and you know a boxed in system, you probably just end up staying home with the children. Like it doesn't feel very inspiring or motivating, or uh, I don't feel a drive to connect with my my you know push my. Like crazy. No pun intended. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, we're going on a break. Let's go to break. We'll Let's see you on the other side. All right. <laughs> Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? 
Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. you are listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, Back to Conversations with Money. And welcome back. Uh, Marissa, you, you want to <laughs> tell me something? I can't believe you something? did that to me over the break. You compared me to, uh, although, you know, I'm somewhat flattered. Uh, I'll share with everybody. The Yahoo CEO in 2012, that article that came out, we just pulled it up after he called me uh, Marissa Mayer, which was the or the Yahoo CEO, and there was an article about her that she came back two weeks after her maternity, and there was a little bit of ruckus about that. Oh, she was non-basic for it. Yeah, it... Uh, women's groups. I mean, I think her message was, above all, it's a personal choice. It's it's different for everybody, but I, I don't have any why judgment. Was I, why, why was I rising you? I, I think you want me to be that woman that comes back to work after two weeks. Yeah, I'll bring the baby. I'll be having birth in the office. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not happening. No. No, but, but I do think it's important office. to say, I mean, going back to what I was saying even before, I think it's a personal choice for everybody. Well, I think they, that because also there's a lot of women that make that choice of staying at home. Totally. I look at and, your wife. Your wife, you have three children yeah. at home. It would make 100% more sense for her to stay home and have the experience taking care of the three children yeah, but, and that. But that was That's, valued. See, you you said the word. It, it, that was a greater value. That to was a greater her, value. Yeah, into the family. Right. I meant my. I meant. I didn't mean it like that. I meant my creative space, my headspace, my entrepreneurship. The that drive, that Type A personality, feels stifled when I put in that box. That's what I meant. So if I was at home, let's say I was at home with the child. Uh, and I felt, <laughs> I'm so not maternal right now with this child thing. <laughs> That's not funny. Don't make fun of me. Um, so let's just oh, hypothetically say I'm at home and I don't feel that ability to connect with that drive in me when I were to come back to work. All I was saying is that my motivation would be lower, which is why I assume when I read that, that the people who were, let's say that I was making 70 and everyone just jumped up to 70 of an income in the company, if I was making 70 and, and I felt kind of meh, I'd probably take a sick day when maybe before I wouldn't take a sick day. Or I'd feel maybe meh about going to work. And like I know when I feel meh, my productivity, my energy, the ideas, my innovativeness is all lower. My desire to work with the team, my excitement, my overall enthusiasm, I think the effects are much greater than just the number. When we go out and earn it, if I were to go out as a 35000 uh, income earner and, and get a bonus by earning, by working my way to 40, by working my way to 45, by working my way to 50, an earned base recognition, like raises aren't just given, they're earned. If I were to earn that, I would feel very differently about it than just having all of a sudden doubled my income. So I think that's what I really wanted to get to is really the effects of giving uh, without necessarily a clear understanding of, of the exchange in it. And 
and how we need to get ourselves out of that mindset if we really want to achieve our financial goals. You know, it's one thing to, I've seen so many people draw out their financial goals and map out their plan, which is amazing. The vision's amazing. But we need to actually take action and take responsibility for taking those next steps and have some accountability and work with somebody and, and leverage resources. And I, I think until we get out of that mindset of, woe is me, the system is rigged, we won't get there. And, and that was really the message that I wanted to give. And not, right. not to get yeah. tied up and, and, and loop-de-loop on that, but more so, like, let's move forward. Let's mm-hmm. look at other ways that we could have done this. Right. Let's look at other approaches, other successful ways of becoming that, you know, becoming that population that is in, you know, that 12 to 14% that I was referring to that are the wealthy. Right. You know. And help everybody raise. Raise the bar for everybody. Raise the water so all the boats raise up at the same time. Exactly. Okay, so let, let, let's uh, end our show today. Not that we're done yet, but we're going to, let's end our show with, with On a how positive note? companies or mm-hmm. CEOs can actually uh, reward mm-hmm. or get the employees to a certain level where they actually are abundant, where they can create wealth. Okay. And they can become wealthy. It doesn't matter where you're at. We shared with uh, our listeners uh, a couple weeks ago of uh, a client of ours that uh, started out uh, with a very basic amount per month and uh, reached, reached it where almost a half a million dollars of assets now. And the person works at the same place mm-hmm. making less than $40,000 a year. It's a, and it's a mentality. So let's get into it. But so, I think it's also, I was reading a... Um, just cut me off. No, of course I did. <laughs> no, of course I did. You like that? Uh, I think it's also, I, I was do. reading those magazines. Uh, Nanny brought me those magazines last week saying she knew I was doing, I'm doing a presentation on Wednesday. And so she brought me some magazines on uh, different financial pieces. And I was reading the stats. I, I should have brought them in. It was just, it was a, a, the percentage of people that are working with financial advisors and the increase in their wealth because of working with an advisor. But then also, and this isn't a shameless plug, although usually I will shameless plug. This is, you know, simply if you work with an advisor and you leverage an advisor and there's an accountability and there's a plan and that's part of taking action, the success rate and the wealth that you build, nothing else has changed, you're not earning any more money, is greater. And I think it's a matter of... Absolutely, because it's an accountability. And also, there's so much, I know we talk about this, there's a presentation that Ali and I are doing on Wednesday, we often ask people, you know, the limiting piece of why they're not working with an advisor. And oftentimes people think, you know, they're not far ahead enough, or they don't have, they're not making enough money. And that that doesn't make sense. You know, anybody who's willing and ready to get going and to take action and to commit to a plan, it doesn't matter how much you make. You said it yourself, 40,000 and he got himself further along than people who I know oh, that are making 150,000 because they had no plan and there was mindless spending with yeah. just a hopes that the balances the numbers would balance themselves what's out. What's the what's the website of the presentation that you're doing on Wednesday? Oh, it's uh well Actually, it's PW. I'll, you know what? I'll get it for the for the uh, conclusion of the show because I don't have it in my mind. We'll put memorized. it on. Right. We'll do. We'll, we'll send out a tweet. The, yeah, for sure. Okay. And okay, uh, I'll so, pull it up as well. Okay, sure. So while you're doing that, uh, just what you're talking about there, I'm going to continue to piggyback on what you're saying. So educate employees, educate a company on money, what money is, how it works, how they can invest. Bring in advisors. Bring in professionals that can come in to talk about money, not in a boring way but in a fun way, educate, be, allow people to become financially literate, financially literate on money. 
Yeah. I mean, and that can be done in so many ways. There's a lot of companies around here that I've met with recently that, you know, I've talked to you actually about us doing, oh, I should probably tell you that I was talking to a few different ones about us doing lunch and learns different for everybody. Everybody can come. It's not mandatory. Uh, you can't enforce it, but they're recommended. Provide basic, the opportunity. Basic financial planning education. You know, all the financial literacy now that's going on in the younger ages. Right. We've met with a few different people who are doing financial literacy. I'm speaking with somebody about doing a presentation uh, in a high school. So start, you know, even at home. Oh, absolutely. I'm actually, my wife and I, uh, we're thinking about uh, uh, helping our oldest son to open up a trading account. At seven and a half years old. No, he's turning eight next month. Well, uh, oh, okay. Then eight, give <laughs> yeah. him all the money. <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, yeah, sorry. Wow. Here's a million dollars. No, <laughs> no I, I, I believe that... Uh, well, you and I, we talk about this even at the office here. We talk about failures and what did we learn from the failures from everybody that works with in Capital Core. But I'm thinking about do, doing that. Huh. And not just mutual funds, but in actual individual stocks, you so, know, maybe like $500. So what's your intent? The intent is to teach our kids the how they can earn money, mm-hmm. not just in the traditional sense, but actually earn money and see see the consequences of decisions. Ah, the lemonade stand kids are going to hate him when he makes more money than them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can also lose money too. Right. But I'm okay with that. He'll, I don't care. He'll be buying up the lemonade stand. <laughs> Absolutely. You have a whole chain. It'll be called... It'll be called... The Mini Franco's, yeah. yeah. Mini Franco's so, lemonade Okay, stand. so hang on a second. So your intent is to help them really understand money on a deeper level and understand how, what goes into earning it. Are you going to have... It's funny, I think about the investment voyagers and the... Um, all, all of the work we go through with clients to help understand their, right. their risk profile right. and how they feel about the market going up and down and yeah. you know versus lower risk. Are you going to go through that with them in terms of understanding? Absolutely. Well, I'm going to be there as a guide. A guide. And I'm going to tell them, okay, let's invest in these stocks here. But I want him to understand when he gets a dividend. And He the, might be one of the youngest individuals bike, bike, on these stocks. But why not? Yeah. Why not? If you can teach them at a young age. Yeah to actually understand how money works and how it can produce for you. It's just a tool. Hey, you know I was the kid who played banker. I was the kid who played banker, not Barbie, and I tell that now story all the time. Now imagine if you actually time. had money and you were, you were taught. Stashed you were like, Monopoly dollars under my mattress. Well, imagine if it was real, <laughs> real dollars. You yeah. know? It's, I, I really think that as parents, we, we, we don't think or give our, our kids credit enough to actually understand and to learn. Yeah, I mean, I think that, so that's, okay, so that's one part is, is dealing with it on the, on the younger end, and then as they but, become but even, adults. But, but even as adults, so with a, with, if, imagine if you had employees and you say to them, okay, we're going to, instead of giving you a raise, you say, okay, look, we're going to give you money that, that, that we want you to invest or to learn how to invest. Hmm. Would that be better than actually giving you a raise? Some people, most people probably argue, say, no, I want money myself. I choose to do because I have the right to it if that's what they're choosing to pay me. But imagine if you actually allowed them to learn how to make yeah, more money. Yeah, I think with that, you would have to have somebody come in, financial advisors. Oh, that, that's, why, that's, that's why I said that educate people. So have professionals I come in. I would love to go in. How much fun would that be to just go oh, into yeah, a three bunch? three minutes. No, I'm just, let's just keep talking. Maybe I won't realize. No, I want to give some more, but, some more tips but here. But how fun would it be? Can we talk about this afterwards? Maybe you and me about going into companies and educating, setting up part of their plan for people who want to incentivize uh, with additional bonuses, et cetera, and then teaching 
the employees guiding them mm-hmm. about financial, about investing. And it could even be like $50 a month, $100 a month. Mm-hmm. But imagine how empowering that would feel to. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, educate, this. so, educate. But, so on top of that, so, so tip number two that we can provide is inspire people to work harder for more money. Okay. But in a positive way. Okay. Provide reward systems. Okay. That allow people to be able to innovate, to be able to be inspired to actually earn more money through innovation, mm-hmm. through progressing. Maybe it's a better system of how things are done within that company. But do you think that maybe some people don't you work don't harder for money? Like, <laughs> Oh, you know, there always will be. There always will be. But it, it, look, instead of just giving that money as a raise or everyone's going to make the same amount. I 100% agree. And if there's one message that could come from this, I think would love people to understand that we have an opportunity to inspire people to earn more, to work harder, to earn more money, to feel a greater connection to the value of the dollar because they earned it rather than just give it. It's the same as that Warren Buffett quote. And, and I think that's what exactly what he was getting at. And so... But I think that you need to recognize what inspires you, what inspires me, what inspires Joe, what inspires Bob, whatever it might be, is different. Get to know your employees. Yeah. Get to know the people instead of just assuming everyone wants that. Yeah. It's like like that the love language thing that we're all motivated – not motivated. That's actually the wrong word. We all have different ways of showing love and we all have different ways of receiving love. And some people – gifts are the thing. Some people recognition are the thing. Some people touch – some people words, it's different things. And, and just because money is the way for somebody or gifts is the way for somebody doesn't mean that applies for, for everybody. But yeah, we're all motivated for something and it might be uh, time off, and, which, you know, is essentially money. Uh, I think it's a matter of figuring out what that is and then inspiring them to work harder with that as a bonus system rather than just giving it 100% hands down. That is a way better system, in my opinion. I know we got to go on a break. No, I know we do. We're done? <laughs> we, we got, we're done? No, no. We're done. That's the end of the show. What? I, think, I think we're done. Oh, that's the end of the show? I had no idea. I thought that was just a break. Well, that's unfortunate. Um, however, uh, okay. No, it is just a break. <laughs> we're communicating. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going on a break. So that means we get, to, we get to do a little bit more. This is a really silly show. I like it. All right. We'll see you on the I other thought, side. I thought we were done, yeah, I know. But okay. We just keep on we'll going. We're like side. the choo choo train. <laughs> Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Now there's a new destination for video content. VoiceAmerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. You are listening.
listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. And welcome back. And sorry for the confusion uh, before we went to the break there. This is the last part of our show, <laughs> which is good because we're really getting to it. And I want to continue to talk about what, what companies can do to help their employees become more abundant. And it's not even just companies incentivizing the uh, employees. I think it's also partners and relationships, well, what you can do tools. to. No, but the old saying, was it the proverb of, of giving somebody the tool the, to fish rather than fishing for well, them? Well, not the tool. It's the oh. fishing rod. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give them a fishing rod, not the tool. <laughs> Here's I'm the doing tool. So Go fish. badly with metaphors today. My sister would laugh so hard if she listened to this. She used to make fun of me for always coming up with the wrong. I would I would mix up expressions, and uh, she's in English. She was teaching English, and she was, it used to drive her nuts. But anyways, um, so no, I'm excited that we had the last segment because I wanted to kind of end on a system uh, or a way of thinking around, you know, more positive note and the fact that. These are approaches that we can all take in our lives, whether it's as an employee, whether it's as a business owner incentivizing our employees, uh, whether it's someone in a a partnership or whether it's someone, um, you know, running with somebody and wanting someone to run faster, whatever it might be, what motivates us, what inspires us to take ownership of where we're at and where we're going and, and how to get there faster. So... Yeah, I wanted to keep chatting about that. You have, you have also, you wanted to talk about encouraging people to take responsibility. What's that about? Well, I think as as companies, what's that responsibility <clears throat> thing you talk about? Screw responsibility, <laughs> right? I want just, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna give everyone a raise in the company. Okay. Everyone's gonna make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Interesting, interesting. Am I taking responsibility? No. What do you think would happen? What do you actually think would happen? Well, many things would happen. <laughs> we would probably run out of money quick. <laughs> but yes, no. But I think the the I think what companies can do, mm-hmm. all kidding aside, I think what companies can also do is that they can they can provide and educate employees on what responsibility really means and taking ownership in the work that they do. You know, this, this today in our team meeting, um, when the comments that came up, we you know we'd like to go around the room, things that we've learned or any any things that are coming up, and we had somebody brought up. The question is something that they were asking us what to do. But it really what it came down to is we depend on this person to make help make decisions for us and take ownership in mm-hmm. the work that they do. And we couldn't we weren't coming up with a resolution because we were throwing it back or I was throwing it back. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get this person to understand, realize that it's what they want to do, what would they like to see as a system. And instead of of putting it on us or myself to come up with, with a solution where we've given this person responsibility to come up. Yeah. But how do you think that relates to money? Like, how do you think, do you think of that person? Of course it relates to money. Yeah. How can it not? Because when you have the responsibility that, that even though that a raise, sometimes you can have an unfair boss or an owner of a company. We've seen it. Mm -hmm. That really doesn't understand people's value, what they bring to the table. But I think that if you, work hard, you actually show, doesn't matter if the person recognizes it or not, but what do you learn out of it that you can then take to another job that can recognize that talent? 
the victim mentality that, oh, my, my boss doesn't recognize it. Mm-hmm. So what? That person may not recognize it, but doesn't mean that another company will not. And so if you can build up that strategy, the effort strategy of actually creating within your brain this mentality that I will work hard, I will, I will be the best of what I do, I will be recognized at some point. And I should be paid for what the, I am doing. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I've had people come back to me. I've said things like that before to people. And I've had people come back to me say like, well, not everybody has that drive. Not everybody is type A like you. Or not everybody has, you know, it's a very specific type of drive and that desire and that ownership. And I get it. I get that not everybody has ownership and not everyone wants to, you know, go out and run for hours or whatever that might be. But you, the drive, when I say specifically, um, it doesn't mean that they have to have it in the same context of running a company or running a business or, you know, running a a marathon or anything crazy. It's still whatever it is for you in your life. It could be showing up and taking care of your children, but it's still showing up and inspiring yourself to show up in your best form and to work as hard as you can in that role. It could be being a mother. It could be running, being a CEO of a company. It's still how do you show up without that victim mentality that we referred to? How do you show up in a form that's not blaming and not taking responsibility for where you're at? You know, if I'm a mother and I'm struggling or if I'm a CEO struggling, how do I how do I cause myself to, you know, evolve from it? And, and what do you think that person's going to evolve quicker by blaming and by by making it about a rigged system, by making it about, you know, unfair wages, by making it about a, all of that? Or do you think it's going to be more like, what can I do to take action? How can I, I be inspired? How right. can I motivate myself? Of course, it's the it's the latter. I can't see how you can evolve yourself. Uh, or be in a better position mentally if you don't look at it that way or if you look at it a way that uh, that it's other people. It's mm-hmm. their fault. It's the weather. Mm-hmm. I remember but working. I, you know what? I remember yeah. working. If I just say this, yeah. I, I remember I worked in a place, a retail, you know, it was a high-end retail place, and there were times where nobody walked through the doors the whole entire day. Mm-hmm. So you want know the the owner said, the general manager, he said, everybody on the phone, you call your customers. Try to get them in for an appointment. And I remember complaining. I was like, ah, you know, nobody's answering. Fine. Go. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Go out. Go to their office. Go to their houses. Yeah. At the time, I didn't really understand that. But that stuck with me. Yeah. Because you control it. Yeah. People complain about the economy. They complain about the weather. They complain about the 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 relationship in their family they complain about their their partners in business or they complain about their friends they complain about the government they com- complain 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 you choose yeah no but taxes are higher in this state you it's know, cheaper to manufacture yeah. in China sorry I'm going on a rant now. no I I get it. it it's it's funny Allie and I have a whole dialogue a whole skit that we play out in our in our presentation that we're doing on Wednesday <laughs> right. oh by the way I pulled that one up it's PWN it's www.pwncanada.ca and then if you go backslash you, you can scroll under events and then money stories and we're doing Perfect. our money stories skit but there's a whole I mean I say skit because there's a skin where we talk about the excuses we talk about the economy we talk about our how our bad relationship that was expensive we talk about the economy or sorry, I said the economy, the expense of real estate, et cetera. My job doesn't recognize, my, my, my boss doesn't recognize my true value. All of those things that we blame it on. 
And the reason we're able to say them is because we've all used them ourselves. Like Allie and I had experience with all of those excuses. I think we all had experience of, of wanting and feeling entitled and blaming. You know, I, I don't know many people who were, who were just raised in a way, uh, maybe. And I think, I think we all go through that process of realizing, okay, I'm spinning my wheels with these excuses. I need to take action. So hopefully, um, you know, hopefully, and I, and I don't want to go on a rant here, but hopefully people get that the message that we're trying to give, and I think what you and I have committed so much, and it's funny you tell your story about going out, basically, I, I picture you going out into the streets and finding people to sell clothes to at, at that store. I think that's why you and I connect so well and work well together, because we, we believe that everybody has that innate drive to go out and conquer and go out and catch the meat or whatever it might be, you know what I mean? And get the business. So when we hear people say, like, I just can't or there's nobody, you know, I'm not, I'm not busy. Nuts. Right. It's like, well, <laughs> do you, have you exhausted all your options? Right. Have you looked at everything that you could possibly do when someone says, I need to make more money? And it's like, there are so many, we live in a very privileged country where we have so much opportunity at our fingertips that we're not accessing. So, yes, I got a little, you know, triggered by people blaming uh, external factors. That, and I think we do have a lot of opportunity. And I think that when you recognize how people are living in a very unprivileged uh, world and country and not here, without opportunity at their fingertips, I feel so bad participating in, in a system saying that we have a rigged system. This isn't, in my opinion, this is not. And in my opinion, we all have amazing opportunity. We just need to shift our mindset. And that's what's crazy. It's not go out and earn a whole lot of more money and go out and make crazy investments. It's shifting your mindset. It's something that everyone can do right now to start to take control of your finances. Beautifully summed up. <laughs> Are you just saying that because we're we done? Hope, <laughs> we hope that you enjoyed our show today. We thank you for joining us today. That was fun. I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Thank it you. went by really, really quick. I know we say a lot, but this time we really, really did. Now, join us next week as Marissa uh, will we'll, we'll be co hosting with, with uh, Allie. I've got Allie. Allie on. will be filling in my seat. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to make it all about men, actually. Oh, We've got a bit of an idea geez. on talking about our observations on men versus you know, women. Should I be calling in, in from financial Ottawa? planning? Yeah, you should call in as a pretend. You I, should, I be, should a be a pretend caller. <laughs> I noticed that uh, there's not enough male participation in this call. No, no anyways, we'll make no, it very male. We'll make uh, it. Have fun. Thank you. And we look forward to seeing. Well, I'll be back in the seat in two weeks. So I look forward to hearing from everybody yes, and talking to everybody next in two weeks. But enjoy next week. Thanks and for until listening. Then, and then, have, have a, a wealthy, wealthy week. Thank you for tuning in this week. Please join Franco Calajuri and Marissa Sipolinski again for another edition of Conversations with Money next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wealthy week. <music>